Blog Talk Radio. Conversations on epilepsy.com. My name is Dr. Joe Servan. I'm editor in chief of epilepsy.com, and it's such a pleasure to have you joining us today uh, for our conversation. One of the issues that has uh, risen uh, is always in the world of epilepsy is one about how many people actually have the condition. How many people are having seizures? How many people are having epilepsy? seems like such a simple question, but the answer is kind of hard to get. We recently had publications that revised the numbers with regards to the number of epilepsy or seizure, people with epilepsy and seizures in the United States, and this came from our friends from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So to talk about the latest revised numbers of cases, uh, I'm joined by uh, two folks from the uh, U.S. CDC program for epilepsy. Uh, Ms. Rosemary uh, Kobau, she is team lead for the epilepsy program for the U.S. CDC epilepsy program. And Dr. Matthew Zach, he's a medical epidemiologist uh, also with the uh, epilepsy program. So, Rosemary and Matt, it's such a pleasure to have you both on uh, Hallway Conversations this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. We're delighted to be here. Well, let's let's kind of uh, dive right into it so that we can kind of uh, uh, get our arms around um, this this latest study. Um, I'll start with you, uh, uh, Matt. Can you tell us about your current work uh, in epilepsy and your role in the field of epilepsy? Yes, I've been a medical epidemiologist at the CDC uh, for many years. Uh, in the past 25 years, I've worked at the CDC's National Center for Chronic Disease Prevention and Health Promotion, and I've worked on many epidemiologic and prevention studies of chronic diseases. Uh, over the past 17 years, I've worked with the epilepsy team on population studies of the burden of epilepsy, most recently collaborating closely with the team that Rosemary heads uh, as a senior medical advisor. Appreciate that. Rosemary, same, same question. Um, sure. So I am a behavioral scientist uh, working with the CDC epilepsy program in different roles for about 17 years now, uh, most recently serving as the program head since about 2012. I've led efforts to expand surveillance of epilepsy in the U.S., I've developed and lead the Managing Epilepsy Well Network, our MU network, uh, whose aim is to advance epilepsy self-management research. I have had the privilege of working with the National Epilepsy Foundation on public awareness and stigma reduction efforts. And I've served on the Georgia Epilepsy Foundation Professional Advisory Board since 1998, and am a past member of the National Epilepsy Foundation Professional Advisory Board as well. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, Rosemary, how is the CDC involved in the epilepsy community? I think to a lot of folks out there, oftentimes the CDC 
is, is considered for a lot of the uh, infectious diseases and some other conditions, but could you tell us how it kind of evolved, it's involved in the epilepsy community? Um, sure. Um, so listeners might be surprised to learn that CDC has been actively involved in the epilepsy community since about 1994. We actually convened our first meeting with epilepsy partners uh, in September of 1994. And then in 1997 and 2003, our epilepsy program supported two national conferences on public health and epilepsy which in part guided many of CDC's epilepsy program activities, which are aimed at improving public awareness and understanding of epilepsy, supporting population and epidemiologic studies of epilepsy prevalence and incidence in communities, and advancing self-management research to help persons with epilepsy better manage their condition and improve their quality of life. Uh, CDC has collaborated with the National Epilepsy Foundation for over two decades to educate the public about epilepsy and to support persons with epilepsy and their families as they navigate their epilepsy care. And most recently, uh, CDC was a co-sponsor of the Institute of Medicine's report on the public health dimensions of the epilepsies aimed at prioritizing public health action on epilepsy. So that's just Perfect. a snapshot of, of what so we've been working on. <laughs> significant, because I think, and it's a very nice that, that people are reminded that that is very much uh, with us in, in kind of the fight, if you will, against seizures and epilepsy. Let me kind of get to the topic at hand. And, uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Can, can you tell us about the latest published findings on epilepsy cases uh, in the United States? Uh, yes, Joe. Uh, using the latest uh, available data, we wanted to provide two sets of estimates. One was an updated national estimate of the number of cases of epilepsy, or what we call epilepsy prevalence in both children and adults, and also estimates of epilepsy prevalence for children and adults in all states. Uh, in our study, we found that in 2015, about 1.2% of the U.S. population, that translates into about 3.4 million persons, 3 million adults, and about 470,000 children, reported what we call active epilepsy. Now, adults with active epilepsy reported a history of doctor-diagnosed seizure disorder or epilepsy and either currently take medicines for their epilepsy have had one or more seizures in the past 12 months, or both. The parents of a child with active epilepsy reported that their child had a history of doctor-diagnosed seizure disorder or epilepsy that still is current. We then tried to calculate the expected numbers of all adults and children with active epilepsy, and after accounting for income differences and age differences by state, these estimates range from about 6,000 in Wyoming to about 428,000 in California. These 2015 numbers of active epilepsy cases are more than previous estimates in 2010 for adults and in 2007 for children, 
probably because of population growth. Understood. It, it, just just a, to get a, a better sense. So the numbers that that these are uh, the, that and you 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 stated this that these are estimated from. This is coming from uh, like uh, what what's the data source that in essence that you all work on that tags someone as having seizures and epilepsy. Okay, we use three national data sources. The first is uh, for adults, uh, the 2015 National Health Interview Survey, which is conducted every year by the National Center for Health Statistics. Uh, for children, we use the 2011 and 2012 National Survey of Children's Health, and, and we also use for each state population the 2015 census data by age and income groups. And as mentioned, we're talking about cases of active epilepsy among adults uh, identified using three separate questions. First, have you ever been told by a doctor or other health professional that you have a seizure disorder or epilepsy? And if you did, are you currently taking any medicine to control your seizure disorder or epilepsy? And then thinking about the past year or so, 12 months, about how many seizures of any type have you had in this past year before the interview? We identified cases of active epilepsy among children by asking their parents two questions. First, like in the adults, has a doctor or a healthcare provider ever told you that your child has epilepsy or seizure disorder? And second, does your child currently have epilepsy or a seizure disorder? So if they answered the first question, yes, and the second question, yes, they were considered to have, the child was considered to have active epilepsy. Okay. That, that helps a lot, uh, at least understanding how the numbers are gathered. Uh, Rosemary, what, how, I know this was kind of mentioned uh, in, in, in one of Matt's answers here, but how do you, how do these numbers vary from what we had previously thought or had been previously reported? Um, yes. So as Matt mentioned, uh, the number of adults with active epilepsy who, again, are under treatment or with recent seizures rose from 2.3 million in 2010 to about 3 million in 2015. And the number of children with uh, epilepsy increased from about 450,000 in 2007 to about 470,000 in 2015. So a key point is that the population of people with epilepsy in the U.S. is large and growing, affecting thousands of people in each state, and, and that is new information. Um, and I think it's also important for listeners to, um, to understand that our estimates are from people who participate in surveys that, that Matt um, mentioned. And these surveys are conducted in a respondent's home or over the phone. So again, these are adults who say that they themselves or their child uh, was diagnosed with epilepsy or seizure disorder by a doctor. And, you know, as I think uh, many of our colleagues and listeners may know, um, some older studies of epilepsy burden in the U.S. are based on clinical samples of patients with a confirmed epilepsy diagnosis, and, and, and this is certainly one of their strengths. Um, but most of these clinical samples come from specific areas of the United States, 
Eastern or Western Europe and elsewhere. And some of these data are more than a decade old. Um, and these estimates from these studies on patients were then extrapolated to the U.S. population, um, indicating that about 2.3 million people had epilepsy. Uh, that's certainly a figure that many will probably recognize. But again, these studies samples are not necessarily representative of the U.S. population, so it's important to generate updated estimates using representative data from U.S. adults and children. Okay, that, that, that helps also understand that. Uh, Matt, I, I know both you and Rosemary have kind of addressed this part of this question, but I'll ask it very directly. I mean, what, what do you see as the biggest uh, limitations to this study? Uh, as Rosemary has noted, uh, these findings are based on self-reported data. That's one limitation. It's very possible that people misunderstood the questions and answered them incorrectly. A second limitation is that the study, both studies, excluded uh, persons uh, who are institutionalized adults who may be older or developmentally disabled and therefore at higher risk for epilepsy. So it's likely that we miss these individuals, underestimating the true number. And then finally, these state estimates are expected numbers of active epilepsy cases, not directly observed number of these cases. Okay. Rosemary, you know, how, when, when we see these numbers, uh, why, why, how are these numbers used? Uh, or how will they be used in the future? Uh, I have a sense of why I think these are important, but but kind of can you answer or address that larger question? You know, how are, why are these important? Why do we need to know in a way? Sure. Well, um, I think it's important for listeners to know that our epilepsy program is collecting data on epilepsy prevalence on the 2017 National Health Interview Survey. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we will take a look at the findings from the 2017 data and compare them to prior years to see if there are any differences in epilepsy prevalence over time. So that's certainly um, one uh, example of how we'll use the data and, and why they're so important. We also hope to work with our uh, partners, such as the National Epilepsy Foundation, to provide additional local estimates that can guide program implementation. Um, for example, I just recently worked with the Georgia Epilepsy Foundation to use uh, their Georgia estimates of active epilepsy prevalence to estimate the approximate number of adults with epilepsy in Georgia who are unemployed, who are unable to access transportation, and who have other challenges. And uh, this information is intended to help market the need for and actually promote the new Georgia uh, EF Works Program, as they call it. And uh, the EF Works Program is aimed at helping persons with epilepsy find um, employment. So I think using the new state-specific data like this is something that other Epilepsy Foundation affiliates uh, and other groups can do. And uh, I would add that finally we hope that the numbers will be used by our partners, uh, such as, again, the Epilepsy Foundation, the American Epilepsy Society, uh, the Epilepsy Leadership Council, and others to help plan for 
and ensure that programs based on evidence and, and high quality health and social services are in place. Um, then we hope that persons with epilepsy will have the health care and the community supports that they need. That, that, which is very, very huge when we think about it. So it's important, it's clear. You know, we're in our last minute or so, and, um, you know, Rosemary, what, what, what take-home messages should we have for those that are listening to this podcast as we move to the future and, and you know, kind of grapple with, with this growth? Well, um, to start with, we encourage listeners to visit uh, the CDC Epilepsy Program website at cdc.gov epilepsy to learn more about available programs and resources for people with epilepsy, for their friends and families, and, and for community groups who serve people with epilepsy, because we have many proven programs to help persons with epilepsy improve their health. But we need to get these programs into more and more communities, and we need our partners' um, help to, again, disseminate these programs, reach people with epilepsy uh, with these programs so that we can improve their quality of life. Got it. Um, I want to thank you both so much for joining us today. I, I This is very, very uh, compelling that I know that our listeners are going to um, uh, really appreciate these explanations. I hope as uh, as these numbers get revised, we can count on having you both come back and join us to talk about those in the future. Sure, absolutely, and thank you, Joe. We appreciate the invitation and, and your help in in uh, raising awareness of of uh, epilepsy burden across the country. Well, thank you so much for all the wonderful work uh, you all and your whole teams are doing. So we've been talking today with uh, Dr. Uh, Matthew Zach. He's a medical epidemiologist with the Epilepsy Program of the U.S. CDC. And uh, Rosemary Kobau, she is the team lead for the Epilepsy Program for the CDC as well uh, in, in, with regards to epilepsy. And we're delighted that they've been able to join us to explain their latest findings. Uh, to all of our uh, listeners uh, out there, I hope that this has been very useful and helpful. Uh, we have uh, put out uh, materials and uh, the uh, paper that relates to this particular uh, CDC study uh, on our site, and we're just happy that you've had the opportunity to join us. To everyone out there, I hope that you all have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, and please come back for future episodes of Hallway Conversations on epilepsy.com. My name is Dr. Joe Servan, Editor-in-Chief of the site. Thanks so much.